filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So I look ridiculous right now. You look fine. I look ridiculous. Although the, okay, a little bit. It's the, the mustache hat. I just. It's, it's really cold. When you cut off Who two years you? worth like, of I'm hair, so it feels much colder than your body is used to. All the heat goes out. All my insulation up there is gone. It's, every woman, this is a real every thing. time she shaves her legs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, you wear. Ask your wife. um hey hey welcome in this is the second episode of filibuster this week um we are here to preview uh the game this coming weekend and uh for anyone who who hasn't been paying attention to this particular show uh i am now bald i i shaved my head i am beardless i still have a mustache which is why uh it, it is not necessarily my my vibe I'm sure I know for a fact there are people who can pull this look off. Uh, I, I don't know that I am one of them, but uh, I'm Adam. I'm here with Jason. We have our friend Kristen here um, because uh, even though spring has sprung in D.C. since the incredibly frigid affair against Chicago last weekend, D.C. United gets to follow it up with a trip to the Great White North. And Kristen covers Toronto FC for the Vocal Minority Podcast. And so she's going to share some of her knowledge on Bradley and Son FC with us here tonight. Welcome oh, back Bradley. to Filibuster. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. It's It's been a long time, but this is my favorite uh, other podcast to be on. So, Oh, high praise, high praise. What are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm not, I've stopped drinking now, but earlier I was uh, drinking my fair share of scotch. It had been a bit of a Monday, so um, I drowned my sorrows in some single malt deliciousness. Excellent. A little, a little McClellan's for those of you who like scotch. So nice. See, so I, I was going to say before you transition, Adam, um, the the idea of uh, Kristen paid us a compliment, saying that this is her favorite podcast to come on, and my first thought was like, take that other podcasts, um, <laughs> as you should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which Screw I guess podcasts. is just a uh, is just a part of me that's never going to completely go away. Is that was my first <laughs> like instinctual reaction from the brainstem was that. Yeah, you know when you have a chance to exhibit dominance, you, sometimes the lizard yeah, brain wants just, to exhibit dominance. Just, we're we're trying brain. to stick it to literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of other podcasts. That's right. Who are all clamoring for my attention? Clearly, so, you know, that's how this works. So, h- h- how is Bob up there? Bob. Um, although, <laughs> old oh God, cheating Bob. This is okay. I'm gonna say this once, and I will never say it again. Okay, I'm just saying this because you may see it in the Twitter sphere um, or see people. May, people have been calling him Dadly 
I am not doing that. It's horrifying and wrong. You can't just do that. Every level, every level, bad. Wait, so are people then adapting this to Bob as well? Does it become Dob Dadly or or Dad Dadly? No, 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 they're not that. No, they have not. Maybe if they had extended it, I would allow it. But no, it's just icky. Um, and it... don't forget, don't forget, Uncle Jeff is also part of TFC. Right, right. The whole family's there. The whole um, family's there. We got, we got all the Bradleys. If you're going um, to call him Dadley, then you necessarily have to call, come up with some sort of son word to insert know, into Michael Bradley's right? name somewhere. And I don't I know that just, that's gonna, that one no, seems difficult. No, it's just all bad. Anyway, how is how is how is dear old dad? How is Bob? Um, you know what? <laughs> I think. I think that ultimately this will be a good thing. Um, and I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm off and on with Bob Bradley as a coach, but I do respect his commitment to coaching. If that makes sense. Um, he is a very determined coach. He absolutely has clear visions, clear plans. Um, and I respect that from him. I liked what he did with LAFC for a while or zombie Shivas as we like to call them. Um, and this, you know, we've been telegraphing this for so long, right? Like we knew it was coming. You could see the turn down the highway. Like, you know, you're just looking at your map in 20,000 kilometers. Turn right. Um, and that GPS is using weird units. I don't, I don't, I can't <laughs> picture that distance in my. Um, I tried to look up the forecast for this game and. It, it kept it kept saying six degrees Celsius. I'm like, I don't know what that means. It means nice weather, unlike last weekend or the other weekend when it was yeah. freezing fucking cold. Um, but no, you know what? I think the thing that has the thing that has impressed me and maybe vaguely concerned me. So there's two things. The thing that has impressed me first was the first match in which he was willing to make tactical subs immediately. Like, you know what? There was zero hesitation. Mavinga was having a bad match. Off you go. Shane O'Neill, you're in. We obviously need to send a defensive change up. We've got to make some diff- difficult changes here, and I'm going to do it. And I appreciate any coach um, for any team, but especially with TFC, because TFC coaches, regardless of their success, have this tendency to be like, well, you know, they're the they're the vets. They're, they're my guys. I gotta, I gotta give them time. And I'm like, no, don't give them time. They're being stupid. They can play the next game in this particular match. They are not performing the way you need them to. You have a bench. Why are coaches so afraid to use their bench? It has always mystified me. So I really, really, really appreciated that. However, what I haven't appreciated and you're seeing a slight evolution of it over the first few games is um, well, I didn't appreciate the, the off season of torpedoing every single fullback they had. And someone please explain to me what is happening with Kamar Lawrence. No, I don't have an answer. If I had an answer, I would tell you. Um, but to play two guys who are, talented you know Jacob Schaffelberg has some talent obviously Jaquiel Marshall Reddy is incredibly talented his upside is through the roof right like that kid's got a future but 
that's not a fallback. Come on. He's not. Why are you doing this to him? Why are you ruining his confidence? Why are you fucking up his development by putting him in this position? And so to have that start out was a bit concerning. To see him give Caden Chung, which I'm delighted about and was so excited that Toronto signed him because I'm a huge Pacific FC fan in the can in the CPL. Um, so both of the Pacific guys, I'm happy to see them get time. But Caden Chung, just fantastic player, smart, smart player, good vision, nice with the ball, able to execute some nice passing. So he is, I'm happy to see him playing. But to have that, to have a coach as smart as Bradley not immediately see that this is not the immediate way to go. There needed to be more of a give and take. I don't know. Those are my initial so, thoughts. What is it he's trying to do that, uh, that play needs all time the to implement? <laughs> but you know what? So this is this is this is the torture of being a TFC fan, depending on your views on how the team should go. You know, we spent years wandering in the in the in the suck desert um, and just being a bad team with bad management. Um, the worst team in the world by the worst by team some. In the world. Thanks, Danny K. Um, <laughs> and you had you had a couple decent coaches who either didn't get support from management or didn't have buy-in from the players and it was the wrong time right like and i for me everyone that knows me knows i'm talking about aaron vinter who just came to tfc at the wrong time or in the wrong position because i have all the time in the world for him and he oh he tried he tried so hard um it had good ideas. It just didn't, it didn't work. Cooperman's getting hurt. Torsten Fring's getting hurt. Like he also encountered a lot of bad luck, but one of the most successful CCL coaches for TFC for a long time. They were, they were CCL Kings under Aaron Winter. It was great. Um, but so now you've got, um, now you've got a club, you've got a fan base that has tasted success, lots of success. And they want all the success. And you have a contingent, though, myself included, who are like, you know what, success is nice, but success has been frustrating these last four years when you're watching an aging core that management and coaching refuse to give up on, refuse to cut, refuse to sit, and your kids are having to leave. They're getting loaned out. They're getting frustrated. They're going elsewhere to be successful. Um, and you've got no development, you have this academy, you have all these amazing facilities, and yet, and you tout your academy and, and the class of blank and your youth movement, and they never see time. They get signed to first team contracts, they sit on the bench, and they languish, and it's frustrating. And you have all these kids who lose years of experience. So I will give him all the time in the world if he, like, he had 10, 10 Canadians, seven of them under the age of 25 playing on the weekend. Mm. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, that, that doesn't happen. So I, as a fan of Canadian soccer, but also as a fan of developing your kids and developing this talent and screaming for it for years... I have all the time in the world for this. So they're going to suck. Okay. This TFC is going to suck for a good chunk of this season while they're figuring it out. And it's got nothing to do with waiting for Insigne 
oh my god everyone let it go he's coming eventually but there's like four months we have to do something else before he gets here right i know mls is a league of get hot in august but still um but if you watch if you watch these games and you guys are probably going to win on the weekend okay like just you know be happy um but if you've watched these games and you've seen the IQ from some of these kids, like there is talent there. There is knowledge there. And the best thing about them so far is that the vast majority of them have not played scared. They haven't necessarily played well because some of them are playing out of position, but they haven't played scared. And that is a big change from youth players for TFC from the past. Yeah, uh, Kristen, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because I, I, I haven't had time to watch the full TFC crew game uh, from the weekend. I watched the first half as it happened. But that's on, the good half. Um, it, right, so that, that's kind of my, my point is that, um, you know, when you looked at if – you, if you look at these lineups and you didn't if – you, if you're listening to the show and you didn't watch any TFC two games, I expect that's – most of our listeners probably haven't seen – um, these are names you're not going to recognize, or, or like you mentioned, um, Caden Chung and uh, Lucas McNaughton from the CPL. These are names you might not recognize. Um, and so when you look at TFC's lineup, and we're so used to, you know, perceptions when you're not in the market, they kind of calcify. And so I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like thinking of TFC as still being like big bloody deal TFC. Um, or, you know, you know, Josie Altidore's not there. Who's Who's the forward? It's a guy who was playing uh, Spanish lower division soccer as of like a year and a half ago. Um, it, it's stuff like that. So I look at the lineup that came out and I was like, okay, I see a lot of names that I've, I've haven't seen much of at this level at all. And then I look at Columbus and I was like, Oh, you know, this is not going to be a great game for TFC. I don't think. And then for the first half hour, TFC goes out. And like you said, no fear at all and kind of dominates the game. Um, it's, it was starting to get away from them in that as the half wore on, yeah. but you know, when I had to click out, it's one, nothing, uh, even with Marshall Ruddy going out injured, even with a, uh, formation change enforced by that. Um, what are you, are you thinking that this is a team that's sort of because they're young and they're going to be learning so quickly? Um, are they really climbing that fast or was this maybe Columbus sort of like, oh, we don't these are kids. We don't have to be at our best and we can sort of coast through this game and then realizing midway through like, Oh, we actually do have to kind of be the crew the the 100% version of the crew to win this one. Um, a little of both like the first half. Yeah. There was a little bit of flattering to deceive. Um, but there was also a lot of, you know, hunger and intent. Um, you've got, uh, Caden Chung and Lucas Monoton, both of their first starts, and so that was a big deal you know they'd subbed in um been part you know come on in in previous matches and you have um you know Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy before he got injured oh my god he looks so devastated my heart just broke for him he's fine apparently sorry he will be playing which is sorry which is a really strange one because it definitely he went down once he tried to play on and then he came out and it was clearly a lot of emotions. And it's like when someone goes down twice and the second time they're coming off and there's yeah. an actual emotional response, that's n- almost never good. This is like one of the only times I can think of. And on a non-contact um, injury too. Exactly. Like, yeah. Which is why when, when when we heard that he was back in training and was likely for Saturday, everyone was just like, oh, okay. 
because you all fear the worst, right? Especially when you see, and he's a young kid, right? So he's got a lot of emotions because he is, mm-hmm. he is a kid. Um, but so, yeah, I think there's a little bit, yeah, Columbus didn't think they necessarily had to take that lineup as seriously, but also as the game wore on, you've got, um, you've got a little bit of game fatigue playing at a, playing at a higher level for some of the kids and you still have a bit of, I'm new to this. And as the, as the, as the game is wearing on and as tactics are being switched from the other side, I don't necessarily have enough game knowledge yet to react quickly. Um, there was, uh, you know, a couple players who obviously were getting a little, just getting a little lost in the mix. Again, I think McNaughton and Chung uh, held themselves quite nicely. Jaden Nelson had a hell of a match. I, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Jaden Nelson fan, have been for a couple of years now. Um, massively impressed with his play on the weekend. Um, but, you know, there's definitely learning curves happening and you're watching them happen in real time. So just, yeah, you could tell that as Columbus was like, okay, there are avenues here. There is, there are opportunities here. There's, there's things that can be exploited amongst the, you know, these players who don't have as much knowledge and, and, you know, TFC were missing. They don't have any veterans right now, but you know, big miss with Salcedo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Bradley sitting in defense instead of in the midfield, which makes a difference. Even if you look at Bradley and think that maybe he shouldn't play all the time. Um, I am one of those people, even though mm-hmm. it took me like a good solid six years to appreciate Michael Bradley. Um, what can I say? I'm just annoyed by him. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that he has been and can be a very talented player um, and can be, you know, an exceptional midfielder. Um, I don't appreciate when he is given the ability to just do what you want. Mm-hmm. Go forth and run, Michael. No. Um, I don't think the conversion to CB works particularly well for him. It doesn't suit his personality. And I think that's the problem. It's not a skill set. It's a, it's a headspace. Um, but not having Salcedo there, you know, shifted how that whole match was laid out and it changed how they could finish down the stretch. You know, it changed how, you know, you work through the center. Um, the midfield got a bit lost. Noble Okello still has work to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Noble Okello. I've watched him play for like four or five years and he just, to me, he gets better every year, but he's too tentative. And for a big ass guy like he is six five he put on a ton of muscle over the last couple years but he's still like this spindly giraffe of a kid but he's got beautiful feet Mm. but he doesn't he doesn't have confidence like you watch him pass and it's tentative and he needs more like behind what he's doing and that's where the midfield gets let down when he's playing but yeah i think columbus realize that they could take advantage of a bit of lack of soccer IQ. Um, you've got, yeah, Jimenez or Jesus Jones, as I like to call him, um, <laughs> up front, who is delightful and is going to be so much fun this year. Mm-hmm. But everyone else up front, a little, still a little, eh, you know, it's not quite, it's not, there's not finished products there yet. So there was room. Uh, you, you, anticipated a couple of the questions I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask about Jaden Nelson because he started all three games in in some kind of attacking spot. I don't know if he actually played the 10 against Columbus. I wasn't uh, able to watch uh, the game closely, was... but MLS Soccer listed him as playing the 10. 
closer to the 10 against Columbus. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I will say, Adam, they, they, they got that one wrong because they came out in the back five, and I'm looking at that as well, and MLS Soccer's still got them as 4 2 three, one. Um, Oh, I had read that they switched to a back five after the injury to, no, uh, no, no. to Marshall They were Rennie. in a back five from the kickoff. Um, sorry sorry to the Opta folks, but they, they missed yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, how how do you like the back five there? Because, I mean, they obviously came out against Columbus pretty well, but faded. Uh, it's not my favorite with this particular squad right now with the with the even with the nominal the option even with the optimal 18 it's still mm, I don't love it and I get that a lot of MLS coaches are enamored with these you know bombing forward fullbacks who aren't really defenders but I, I didn't like it when Vanny did it um and I'm not loving it for Bradley right now. And, and, and that, a lot of that has to do with inexperience. You know, if you've got, if you've got Auro or you've got, um, God, even Richie Larea and his stupid temper. <sighs> anyway, um, or you've got Kamar Lawrence on a good day. And I still, if you guys know anything about Kamar Lawrence's situation with my team, please let me know. You're more tuned into American soccer than I am. Maybe you have secrets. It's really frustrating because we were excited when Kamar Lawrence got signed. And yeah, he didn't shine as well. You know, he wasn't taxi anymore, but he's a talented, intelligent player and Mm. could be affording a lot of, um, I think, wisdom and guidance to the younger players in these positions, but also, you know, could be playing because we don't have natural fullbacks. And if you're going to do a back five, you've got to have fullbacks that understand defense. Like, mm. yes, you want them to get forward and be part of the attack and having an exquisite cross is nice. You've got a player that's got a good left foot. Oh, go for it. But if they don't come back and help and you don't have a natural CB anchoring that center, um, you know, the defense on Saturday was really, really strange based on who ended up on the bench, mm-hmm. regardless of Salcedo being out for which, I will still say was not a red card. That was a yellow. It should have stayed as a yellow. People have already been DMing me, telling me how wrong I am. It's fine. I don't care. It was reviewed like seven ways from Sunday during the match. The disco comes out four fucking days later. Oh, it was a red card. Fuck off. Um, but if you're going to do that, like have the experience there. And, and, and I get, they don't have a ton of experience on this squad right now. And this squad needed to be blown up three years ago so it's fine again growing pains they're going to suck for a couple months it's going to be fine i'm not that stressed about it i would rather have development um and sucking for a bit than aging veterans who paper over the giant cracks um but no i'm not loving the five at the back uh so speaking of sticking with the defense for a little bit um just looking through these games you you mentioned early on that you know, Chris Mavinga had a rough game against Dallas. So the next game, all of a sudden he's dropped. Um, you know, Bradley went with Shane O'Neill um, and Carlos Salcedo, and then Salcedo gets the suspension and O'Neill gets dropped and Mavinga stays dropped. And all of a sudden you're looking at Bradley and McNaughton and Chung as, as a three center back group. Um, what's happening there. That's a lot of 
like veteran players getting dropped all of a sudden. It's, and at a certain point, you're going to just run out of guys to drop. Uh, so someone has to stare. Uh, I, I mean, Salcedo comes back in, I assume, but who's next to him? Uh, it should be O'Neal, I think. Mm. Um, although Mavinga, just based on his tenure with TFC and his general attitude, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can you you will never knock Mavinga for his attitude within this squad. He is optimistic. He is supportive. He is all in for the team, for his teammates. You can see that all the time. Um, what we what we were told before the lineup came out or after the lineup came out is that Mavinga took a knock in training uh, mm-hmm. one or two days before the match. Uh, and that Anil also had a knock, but it wasn't enough to keep him out of the 18, but they didn't want to start him. Um, so, because yeah, that was the big surprise that neither of them were starting. And at first, it's a problem with many MLS clubs. TFC is really bad for it in releasing information about their injuries. And I get it, you know, I don't want to tip my hand to the opposition, but, you know, you just confuse, you're already angst-ridden fan base Mm -hmm. um and so i expect i still think salcedo and o'neill are probably the pairing of the future for this club and again that's not i i love chris mavinga he is he is wonderful um but he has obviously started this season a bit behind because that first match that reminded me of his first matches as a TFC player. And mm. those were not good matches. Now he quickly fixed that and became one of the best defenders TFC has had for some time and beloved by the fan base. But um, you know, he's been with the club for several years now. This isn't an acclamation to MLS anymore. This this is there's some sort of fitness issues from what I can tell, because he looked slow, he looked a step behind, mm. um, he looked far too Ormar Gonzalez like for my uh for my liking mm-hmm. yeah it's it's kind of it's strange to hear a chris mavinga associated with the word slow um given that his job over the years has always been re- recover for everyone recover else and um, recover and recover yep uh, no one makes a recovery run like chris mavinga except right so if he's if he's slow uh, at least for the time being then yeah i guess uh you kind of have to um look to o'neill or look to um look to one of the youngsters um yeah. But uh, I guess my other question is, at the other end of the field, um, you know, when Alejandro Pozuelo came to MLS, he was completely unstoppable. Um, and then 2020 was quite good as well. Um, I think I think he almost got to 10 goals, 10 assists in that extremely shortened, bizarre season. Yeah. Um, and then last year, he played a fair amount, but he was never actually able to really run so much. Um so so far this season, he's he's started all three of the games. How is he doing? Which like where is he on the Pozuelo gradient between, you know, showing up and scoring like goal of the year on his debut versus like last year kind of immobile the entire season? I think it's more like twenty twenty one Pozuelo. Um, sorry, twenty 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 one Pozuelo was uh well it was just a bad year for TFC, but he also. He was going through some personal issues that mm-hmm. absolutely affected his play. He, I think he's now divorced. Okay. I think his marriage completely split. I think his marriage completely fell apart. I could be wrong, but there was definitely 
problems within his uh, personal relationships. So he was going through a lot and it did not, he didn't handle it well. Um, and you know what? Who would? Right. Uh, kind of hard I, to show up at, at a job where like 20,000 people watch you when all that's happening. Pandemic, you know, right. like. So I look at I look at this year as a fresh start for a number of players, um, and and one of them who is no longer with TFC but seems to be doing well with Tigres is Soteldo. So good luck El Yefe. Um, mm-hmm. I I am one of the few amongst my peers that liked him, like honestly liked him. I could see the talent there, and I wish I wish he had had more time with Toronto because I think there was an opportunity there. I understand why he's gone. I really like Salcedo so far. So I'm, I'm okay with the swap, but again, that was a player who has to his credit. I want to bring this up, even though he's not a TFC player anymore, who's come out and said, you know what? I could not get my mind right while I was there. Mm -hmm. I had difficulty adjusting. I TFC did everything they could. Toronto was a great city. I had resources, I had support, I could not get my head right. So a lot of my problems, my fault. And, and how often do you see professional athletes admit to having, I'm not going to say a mental health issue, but who just could not, you know, who couldn't find a way to settle into a position, into a place, and who will say, you know what, this is my doing. I fucked this up. I appreciate everything they tried to do for me. I appreciated my teammates. This was my fault. And this is a better solution for everybody. You know, no malice whatsoever to the league, to the team, to the city. You don't see that a lot. And so I give him respect for that, for putting his hand up and saying, this was on me, nobody Mm. else. Um, But Pazuelo, Pazuelo is very, very talented. Now he is, he operates better when he has a foil, you know, um, when he has somebody to play off of that, you know, or two somebodies. Um, that was one of the things I was sad about seeing Auro go because Auro managed to form partnerships with everybody. Mm. He was, oh, I really, I, this, that one still mystifies me. I know it's only alone, but uh, anyway, uh, speaking of not having fullbacks, but Pozuelo, I think, is starting to form a partnership with Jimenez, which is important. Um, and I think depending on what happens either with Petrasso or um, Achara, Akinola, we'll see he's still recovering from injury. But if they can get some sort of, you know, familiarity going there and really have an opportunity to work off of one another we'll see closer to 2020 Pozuelo maybe 2019 Pozuelo um but then again we also need to see uh uh, Bradley back up in the midfield which isn't something I say that often um but it (laughs) needs to be there needs to be better control in the midfield right now and again Jay Nelson has absolutely a place in that midfield Noble Kello needs more time Jonathan Osorio is mercurial wonderful but mercurial and um, yeah. So DC United, obviously a team that wants to press under Hernan Lozada. How does Toronto handle being pressed up the field? Badly, very badly. (laughs) That's why I said you're going to win on the weekend. Um, 
especially right now, especially when you've got players that are uncertain in their positions and they overcommit. And we've already seen it in two different matches this season. Um, quick counter, quick press, um, energy drinks executed that far too annoyingly well. Um, and it's always been, honestly, it is, it is, it is a longstanding bane of TFC's existence. And I've never understood why more teams, I get not every team is set up for a good press, but man, like if you know you're playing TFC down the road in a month, you, you rehearse that shit. Like that's like, okay, guys, I know this isn't what we do, but we're playing Toronto and they can't handle the press. So this is what we're going to practice for the next week. Uh, it makes my heart happy to hear that right now. I know, yeah, it, I know it hurts. That's, but... my, that's my gift to you. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> I appreciate that. So much I won't even ask you how else you would game plan against Toronto. <laughs> how we'll, else we'll let you game plan against Toronto? I always give you so many hints. Yeah. Um, if, uh, hmm. no, no, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll take what we can that's, get. That's plenty, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Kristen well, Knowles have, from the... Oh. But I have one question for you guys. This is okay. Just, I hardly ever ask you about your team when I'm on here. So what is what is the biggest issue still with your team and what is the biggest improvement with your team since last season? Ooh, uh, I don't know that there's been much improvement. <laughs> um, it, it's Bill Hamid has been playing better Yeah, uh, in all facets. So that's probably the biggest improvement um, because it might be the only improvement at this point yeah, of the season. That's an important one. You need I, a happy, productive Bill Hamid on your team. Because when he's unhappy, oh boy. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in having uh, a little more depth up front um, is a positive and, and really health. Uh, this past game, DC only had Russell Canals and Moses Nyman unavailable. Ironically, the, the shortest position on the team was yes. that much shorter due to uh, a suspension and an injury. But um, it is nice to go fill in my little injury tracking spreadsheet and not have to fill in like not have to leave eight white squares, each of them counting off a man game uh, loss to injury. Um, that's nice. Um, you know, the other side of this, though, is that I think DC planned on um, getting through this part of the season with Paul Ariola as part of the front three and with Kevin Paredes uh, as left wing back. And then all of a sudden you get a, a record breaking offer for one and, and a club record breaking offer for the other. And it's like, yeah, we kind of have to take these. Um, and, you know, Brad Smith has been, I think fine um, or even pretty good. He's not Kevin Paredes though. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, th this is definitely a team that it, it feels like they are in some ways very well-versed in being what they want to be but they're also kind of learning each other it's not so much learning the system as it is learning a new group without some some real touchstones that haven't been I, I was just writing about how they haven't it's not necessarily you have to replace Paredes directly but you have to put that dribbling ability somewhere else in the lineup and they don't they haven't there is and they there is it's not like there's a player that's like just itching to get out there and hasn't gotten their chance. It's just literally there's not that player on the team. They they can't legally field anyone that will do that because that player doesn't. There's a reason Kevin Paredes was a seven plus million dollar player. Yeah. Um, and so you have one dribbler on the team 
And this team last year, whenever if Paredes was out and Nahar was in, they were kind they kind of struggled to break teams down because they only had the one dribbler. And if Nahar was out and Paredes was in, they kind of struggled because they only had the one dribbler. And so now that's the full-time look. And I think it's a potentially big problem that I don't know. Like Taxi Fantas is not really that kind of player. He's very good. Right. Everyone says, you know, the team, I spoke to the GM and she was like, you're going to love him. He's fantastic, but he's not a dribbler. Um, and how, that's, cool, how cool is it that you get to say she though? Isn't that awesome? It's nice. It's pretty fun. Uh, she, she's, she's great. Um, mm-hmm. it's great. So, oh no, she's, I'm jealous is all ghetto, but yeah. Uh, I will say DC United for the mistakes they've made in many facets over the years. One thing they've kind of figured out is that like literally half the population is women. So you might want to consider opening your, opening your, your scope when you're hiring for important positions. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that side's good too. Um, that's a big improvement, uh, over past, the past couple of years, but, um, yeah, like Adam said, it's kind of a, a tough situation because the team is maybe, I don't want to say deeper because the, the squad is smaller. Um, but like more of the depth is trustable for MLS minutes. Like you can throw more of these guys in and expect to get an MLS caliber performance. But at the same time, when you've only got 25 or 26 players on the squad, you've only got so many guys. Like they, they have a handful of players out. They sent a few, um, they sent five on loan to Loudon this weekend. It meant they literally had only 20 available. And then they decided not to risk Russell Canals, um for this game. And so they were short, not because, not because someone was, you know, in trouble with the coach or injured or anything. It was just, you have one precaution, one suspension, literally and you're a short no bench. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So more more question. players would be nice. <laughs> one last question. I feel like I feel I feel like uh, what's his name, the trench coat. Um, anyway, um, Colombo. There we go. Uh, who's <laughs> one last thing, guys. This year, mm-hmm. who's scoring goals? Yeah. Uh, so far, Kamara has scored a couple. One of them was really random, and one of them was a penalty, of course. Um, Nigel Roberta scored a couple. One of them was a deflection. One of them was a penalty. Oh, uh, not Nigel Roberta. <laughs> not Nigel Roberta. Sorry, Michael Estrada. Yeah. Um, new man. What? Um, but like, that, who do you, is that, you right now, that's it. Are you looking at Kamara and Estrada? Like, is that like? I mean, they're the they're the starting number nines. We need. Yeah, um, I think Griffin Yao's gonna have to score. I think Edison Flores is gonna have to score goals. Um, yeah, it, Flores. which oh, we need here. we need him to he he was more active against Chicago but we need he needs a, as Jason wrote um in in the reaction column after the game uh we we need someone for him to play off of because if defenses yeah. can key to him and only him and there's no threats anywhere else because there's yep. nobody else who's going to dribble into space there's no one else who's going to create space out of nothing um the team becomes really one-dimensional if the press isn't on mm-hmm. and teams are playing DC such that they don't allow the press to be on now. Yeah. So, okay. I was just curious. I just, cause I've, I've only seen really highlights. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch as much full MLS, uh, the few opening weeks just by circumstance. Um, and just, he was looking at some stats and stuff and, you know, I, again, I try to pay attention to you guys, not just because I come on here, but, you know, I, I have a soft spot for it. I got family there. 
very fond of Bill Hamid. Once Bill Hamid leaves, though, you guys, I'm sorry. The love affair will be dead to you. I know. You'll be probably totally dead to me. But uh, for now, he's still there Mm -hmm. and I still love him. So, well, thank you. We love you. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Tell our listeners who, who haven't followed you online where they can do that. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitters at uh, Casey Knowles. Uh, you can also follow my podcast at Vocal Minority CA. And it's the Vocal Minority Podcast where we talk not as much. Well, right now the season's just starting. So there's a lot of TFC and MLS content, a lot of CCL, like your CCL. Um, but we also talk a lot of Canadian soccer and, you know, the wonderful Canadian men's national team. Mwah. First place. <laughs> Undefeated. Did I mention that we're undefeated? But no <laughs> just one's just once or twice. At all. Find us, of course, at blackandredunited.com. You can find us on Twitter as well, at blackandredu for the podcast, at filibusterdcu for the podcast. I got I misspoke there for a second. Anyway, uh, you can also support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster. In fact, our patrons got early access to this episode. And you could too next week for the preview episode if uh, you throw a little cash our way over at patreon.com slash filibuster. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Get us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Ratings and reviews are good, especially when they are good. Mostly just tell a friend about the show. That's always been the best way to, to spread the word. And we love every new listener we get. So for Jason and the absent Ben, Thanking Kristen one more time. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I got to watch King Kazu play soccer, and his team won. Point getters. The Suzuka point getters cannot be stopped. Point getters. <laughs>